When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Um, I'm good, David. I don't know about the Heat, but I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Um, yeah, it's been a, a strange start to the season. Um, obviously, uh, you know, last, last year they had the kind of their rocky patch Toward the end of the year this year, they're they're getting it out of the way early, uh, <laughs> I guess is one, the optimistic way to spin it. Um, one in three, they will play again before this episode comes out on Wednesday night. We're yeah. recording this Tuesday uh, afternoon just because uh, some timing stuff. You're not going on the trip. Barry Jackson's out there. Um, I'm out of town this weekend. Um, so knocking this out of the way early. But I feel like no matter kind of what happens Wednesday, we, we got a lot to talk about from these. Uh, first four games last week we recorded right after the opener. Um, talked about some of the issues the Heat has. Um, say some a lot of those issues still kind of persisted throughout the weekend, um, namely on the offensive end. Uh, scored 90 points last night against the Raptors, which is bad. Um, what is your is that is that when we're when you're 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 analyzing this first weekend of the season and obviously what went wrong, but also what the biggest concern is, or, or is it all for you about the offense right now? I mean, the heat have issues on both ends of the court, really. Yeah. But I, I think if I had to pick one, the biggest issue, um, I would still point to the offense because a, well, it's overall the third worst, worst offense in the NBA, which is not good. It's only been four games, but still not a good start. But it's also like just a trend for the past few yep. years, right? Like right. the defense somehow, some way, Eric Spolcher finds it a way to make it work and eventually they'll get it right and they'll figure it out. But offensively, like part of the reason they were elite last season is because yeah, they had an elite defense, top five defense, but they were basically flirting around bottom half of the top ten, right outside the top ten mm-hmm. in offense for most of the season. If they can't do that this year, and their defense takes a step back because, you know, PJ, the loss of P.J. Tucker or you're playing more shooting lineups. And that's just a natural progression of playing those groupings. Like you, you might not be a top five defense, but if they get a step back on defense and their offense also takes a step back and is now a below average or just average, that's a big difference. Um, and so far, you know, I think the hope was with, you know, Tyler Hero in the starting lineup, playing more shooters off the bench, that the offense would be a little better this year. Um, and again, four games, he had played pretty good defenses. They played Boston, two games against Toronto, which is a lot of length, which usually gives the Heat, heat some issues. Uh, but third worst offense, 20th ranked half court offense, the three pointers are not going in at the usual rate that the Heat make them. The three point attempts are way down, which we talked about last week, I think, David. Like, that's a huge part of their offense. And so far, 
they have just not been getting enough up. That's um, surprising so, when you talk about the way that they the the way that the lineups have changed from this, yeah from last year to this year. And, and I want to make clear, like playing more Struce Hero and and Robinson yeah, and Duncan, I would yeah. right. But you know, the three other four three other four games they've played so far have been against defenses that like to run teams off the three point line. Boston's known for that. Toronto's known for that, right? So some of this might just be based on opponent. That's why we have to continue monitoring it. Um, but these are the four games we're evaluating, right? So those right. are the issues I'm seeing. And yeah, I think offensively still, like that's the biggest concern because you're hoping it'd be better. And so far we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's um, right. Like you said, it's a, the, the, the trade-off they were planning to make. And as we know, this is not the way Eric Spolster likes to play. So at least for the start of the year, this was the trade-off they were planning to make, and maybe they were going to shift things throughout, was uh, sacrifice some of what – some defense for offense. Um, that was the calculus, right? It's it's what they sort of had to do when they lost P.J. Tucker and couldn't replace him. Um, and right now the math just is not holding up. Um, and part of it is, you know, Jimmy Butler has been really good, I would say, through these first couple games. Um, you know, Hero, I'd say Duncan Robinson has been um, decent, yeah. Mostly a positive, right? Yeah. Which like Max in a few games isn't pretty good. He's had like, yeah, a couple like quiet rough, ones. Rough or, on yeah. Monday, but um, yeah. first couple games is good. Um, Tyler Hero kind of doing what he does. Um, I, I, we we harped on him a lot last week, but. Bam was not good on Monday. Kyle Lowry was not good again on Monday. Um, you know, if that, those two guys, you know, like you said, the, I, I still have faith that this defense is going to be really good because Eric Spolstra makes these defenses really good and they're two best players. Obviously, Bam is a defensive yeah. player of the year contender. There's And Jimmy Butler can lock in and play elite defense kind of when he, you know, he's not going to do it every night and at the highest level all the time because of his age and the the load that he bears on offense. But, you know, kind of come crunch time in big games, he's going to lock up and obviously all throughout the playoffs, he's going to do it. Um, and then Kyle Lowry, obviously, um, you know, he's just going to keep tailing off as a defender, but that's obviously a strength he has. Um, but, your, your best guys have to be better on offense. And, and a lot of it, I think, starts with Bam needs to be better um, as a scorer, obviously. And um, it's like the big talking point for years and years at this point. Um, but the efficiency just hasn't been there either. We, we talked about after night one where he had that, you know, he was missing a lot of close shots, kind of felt like an outlier performance. But it's not like he's had, uh, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't had that, like it, it kind of it, it's continued a little bit since then. It's not it was that was obviously that, that game is an outlier. He's not going to have a lot of games like that. Right. But right. he's looked more like that, I guess, than he did in the preseason when we were all of a sudden like, oh, he's kind of figured it out. Yeah. I mean, the hope was again this year that he would take another step forward and as an offensive player. And again, it's only been four games. So let's see how things progress. Yeah. But just early on, it it hasn't obviously been what. Bam expected. I'm sure he'll tell you that averaging 13.8 points a game. I mean, he averaged five more points a game last year. Like, yeah, that's a lot. That's not that he's probably not going to average 13.8 points a game. I'm sure he'll average close to like 19, 20 when it's all said and done. But still, like so far, 13.8 points a game on 45% shooting for a center who's still, you know, getting most of his looks around the basket. That's just not good enough. And also just averaging 3.8 free throws a game. Yeah. The thought was he would maybe average seven or eight a game with the way he was playing in the preseason. 
um, and the way he's kind of been ticking up in that department each year of his career, he's just the offensive game hasn't been what anybody thought so far for him. Yeah, um, you leave five points on the table every one of their games so far has yeah. been decided by less than ten points. Like that's a big deal. Those the, those are very valuable yeah. points. Yeah. So obviously the Heat needs Bam to be better offensively. Like they, he's not he's taking eleven shots a game, which is you know lowest since his third year in the league. Three free th- uh, four basically four free throws a game, which is lowest since his second year in the league. He's still not really taking any threes. Um yeah, they, they need him to be better, play, you know, bottom line. Um, but this team has so many different issues that it's like it's hard to pinpoint on one guy. And 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 really, like, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, sh- shortly, but off the bench, like, their bench units have been pretty bad. Yeah. You know, like, Max and Gabe have had their moments off the bench and so have Duncan. But you could tell, like, just with the lineups they're throwing out there, they're, like, trying to search for answers. Because there's bench lineups they're throwing out there that we have never seen before. Like, even last season, even with these guys in the roster. Um, and even just the numbers, I'm looking at it right now. Um, without Bam on the court, Heat are being outscored by 30 points per 100 possessions. Without Jimmy on the court, they're being outscored by 20 points per 100 possessions. And, yes, they're going to be worse off these two guys on the court. But yeah. part of the Heat's success, like, the last few years have been that Deadman has been able to, like, help the Heat survive those minutes, right? Like, they've actually been a... Denman minutes have actually been a positive the last few years. Right, yeah. I mean, last year, the story coming into the year was this yeah. team has no depth. And then a week yeah. into the season, we're like, this team has like way more, like they might be the deepest team in the league. And um, that was a kind of a, a superpower they had last year. Yeah, so far, like they just can't serve. Like basically when Bam gets out, goes off the court, like that's when they lose the game. When he's in there, they're fine. But when he gets off the court, like in five minutes, they were being on score by 10 points. And, you know, it's a huge swing. So... Yeah, and, and and yeah, the easy thing is to point out Dwayne Dedman as a problem, but has Dedman been good? No, but I think it, it's like all these lineups are just like they're they don't seem like they have much chemistry. Like they're still trying to fill it out. And I've talked to some of the guys, and they're like, yeah, like early on it was like they supposed to try Jimmy with like four bench guys, which had mm-hmm. really wasn't the case last year. Like that was new. That didn't go well. So in the second game, they had like Jimmy and Hero and three bench guys. And then that didn't go well. Like, they're just, like, trying different things each game to try to find something that sticks, and they really haven't found it yet. Does it does that surprise you how much they're kind of struggling to figure out lineups, considering this team is essentially the same team they had last year? Yes and no. I mean, yes, I think we thought continuity would be a big strength, and it hasn't been so far. Um, but also, no, because they have two of their best bench guys now in the starting lineup. So that changes right. everything. Like, Tyler Hero was the the spark off the bench. Like, you could put him with anybody, and it, he would make it work. Right now, yeah, Tyler could play with some of the bench guys, like, back half of the first quarter if you leave him in there. But it's just not the same. Like, he's already been in the game for eight minutes. Or maybe you're taking him out, and you're putting, other you know, other guys on the bench and, and on the court. Like, it's just, yes, it's the same guys, but the guys have different roles. Um, there's different combinations just because guys, new guys are in the starting lineup. Um, so... I would say yes and no, because um, I could definitely see why they've struggled a little bit early on this year to find the right groupings because um, same faces, but different kind of different roles within the rotation. Uh, the so so how much like obviously the East is competitive and yeah. the. You know, 
you're losing games right now to some of the team, you know, the, the law, three of the four losses are to the Celtics and the Raptors, who I think we think are teams in that heat tier, obviously split with the Raptors. So um, mm-hmm. should, should, I guess, note that that wasn't all bad against the Raptors necessarily. Um, how, how big of a concern is a slope, you know, cause now they go out West, West coast trips, uh, never easy, never easy. Um, how much of a concern is a slow start to the season? I mean, it's concerning because he started with four straight home games, right? And the yeah. team has right. basically I, I, been I think we were, we're a little surprised that they're one and three. You know, yeah. even two and two, I think, would have felt a lot different and, like, more yeah. reasonable. Yeah, and, and even Eric Spolscher said it. Like, he's like, I don't think well, this, I don't think anybody would have anticipated starting out with this home stretch that we would be one and three. Like, right. They're surprised by it. Like, nobody thought this. Yeah, it wasn't like – they weren't easy games, right? Like, the Bulls won was the easiest one, obviously. They probably should have won that game. Boston's very, very yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they kind of let a couple of these slip away. They were up yeah. in the second half in against uh, Chicago. They were up in the second half. Against um, Toronto. Yeah. Against Toronto on Monday. Um, the Celtics, would they lose by, like, six points or something? So, yeah, it was – Close. Um, it was a competitive yeah. game. They played actually well. That might be yep, the best game of the year. Like, they lost. Yeah, yeah. Their best, yeah, the best they've played probably. But they definitely kind of feel like they let at least, you know, yeah. I would say that Chicago and definitely Toronto on Monday felt like the games they let slip away. Yeah, and, and it's it's a little bit, you know, it's early, but it's concerning only because they're four home games. The team has been relatively healthy. I know you're missing Vic and Omer, but you have your best guys in the lineup. So it's, that's not an excuse either. Like, you don't know how many you don't you don't know how many games that you'll you'll have pretty much your entire starting lineup available, right? That he had that um, essentially this entire homestand other than Caleb yeah. that they suspended for one game. Um, and two, like the East is just very very good. So what the record that might have gotten you a three seed before might not be good enough this year, you know? Like and, and or. And there's just not as much as many winnable, like easy games in the East either. Like right. almost every team in the East is going to give you a competitive, uh, a competitive contest. So, yeah, I don't think you know the, the, he can't afford to start this season like two and five if they go one and two on this trip. Like, but they can ascend with the playoffs, obviously. But it's going to be an uphill battle just to get back into contention for like one of those top seeds in the East. You know, at two and five, like it's just. It's going to be difficult this year. The East is very, very competitive. We saw it on this homestand. Like, even Chicago, they have DeMar DeRozan. Like, that's not a gimme. Um, yeah. And they didn't have Zach Levine that game. Um, and then Boston is obviously really good. And then Toronto, they're in that tier two where they're fighting for, you know, one of those top four spots, five, six. Like, they're in, they're within that range. Um, and even them, like, just you can see the unique challenges they pose with their length and their athleticism. So, I just think we got a little taste of like what it's going to be like this year on this homestand with so many competitive games against Eastern Conference opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time this you guys listen to this, they will have played uh, at Portland, who has been kind of a surprise, you know, pretty four and the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people thought they might be in the Victor sweepstakes, um, and then at Golden State on Thursday. So it is a tough little start to that West Coast trip, um, and even they they wrap up in in Sacramento. So. Um, who I think people expect to be maybe a play-in team. So it's not not easy. It's uh, you know you, you could easily come out of that uh, you know one and six, two. And, you know, yeah, two and five, and and it looks pretty ugly. 
Um, but let's spin this positive. What what have you liked, I guess, from the first few games of this season? Oof. What what are the positives? <laughs> um, or conversely, what are the what do you not expect? Like what what are you what are you just throw chalking up to the small sample size of an early season? Um, give me either one. I mean, I think they'll make something to feel good about. I think they'll make more threes. (laughs) Like, how about that? Like, they're not going to shoot 33% on threes for the entire season, right? Like, they're too much, they have too many good shooters for that to happen. So, that's one thing. And I I do think, like, yeah, the offense wasn't good against Toronto on Monday. They scored 90 points, but some of that was like they were just missing some open. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler after the game was like, I thought the offense was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, obviously, (laughs) I do, but, but they also miss a lot of shots. Right. So like when Max Struess goes 0 for 8, like what, what, what are you gonna do? You know, like he's not gonna, he's gonna have those nights maybe like a couple, handful of times a season. So that was just one of those nights. And Kyle Lowry goes 1 for 6. He has not been shooting the ball well. Tyler Hero goes 2 for 9 from 3. Um, pretty much Jimmy was like one of the Heat's best two-point shooters last night. Yeah. Two of three and, and Duncan threw a couple right off the bat, that. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that would be the one thing I would point to maybe that like. That will help lift some of the offensive numbers because eventually they'll start hitting those shots. Um, but they got to generate more, you know. And, and again, I don't know if it's the product of who the defenses they've been playing these first four games. The sample size is so small, or what? But they're taking too many mid-range looks. I know they're they're never gonna take like they're never gonna be a team that doesn't take mid-range shots because that's you know, yeah, some of their Jimmy best and players. Yeah. yeah, and Bam. I mean, and Bam, Bam too. He likes that shot too. Um, but they're taking too many mid-range looks, too few threes. They're getting to the rim a decent amount, but they're not finishing well around the rim. Um, so again, you would you would expect that to kind of get better, right? Um, over time, like they're not gonna. What are they shooting? They're shooting like, I don't even. Last I looked, like 50% at the rim or something like that, which is um, not good, obviously. Yeah. Really, no. Uh, they are shooting 58% at the rim, which is 26 in the NBA. Fifth worst. So basically, yeah, fifth worst. Um, yeah. That should that should improve, you know, over time. So yeah, I, I think the offensive numbers will slowly start to improve over time. But their defense, like, if their offense is gonna just gonna be average, which if that's the ceiling for this unit, their defense needs to be elite, just like it was last year. Mm-hmm. They need to be a top five to really have a chance to contend in the East. Yeah. And if they're gonna take a step back on that end of the court too, it's gonna be tough. It's going to be really tough to to really make the numbers work. Defense was good last night, though we should say on Monday. It was really good last night, yeah. especially in the half court. The half court, yeah. they were like elite. Uh, where they really got hurt, like their was defensive performance on Monday yeah. is probably like the best like single thing they've done this year so far, right? Like yeah, yeah. Other than the first you know, half, other than the first half performance offensively against Toronto on. Saturday when they scored like 71 points right then yeah but over like a full game like yeah the way they played defense last night is probably the most encouraging like full game like we can build an identity around this thing that we've seen yeah and that's without Caleb right um right that's true yeah who's one of their better defenders and he's most one of the most reliable defenders in the front court which is saying you know not really saying much with their depth on this roster but yeah defensively like they were really good uh on Monday, they only really got hurt in transition. Raptors scored 27 points in the fast break. Like Raptors couldn't do anything in the half court, mm-hmm. which is a good sign for Miami's defense. So that's a positive. Um, but look, there there really are things to be concerned about everywhere when you look at right. it. But it is a small sample. Like some of these numbers are going to get better just over time naturally. Like the three point sh- 
three-point shooting, shooting around the rim. The defense, like, they're not going to allow 27 fast-break points every night. If they put together that half-court defensive performance in most games, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is a bad start, especially with four straight home games. But this team is much better than it's played so far. You know, I think that's the positive thing, right? We know what this team can do when they're firing all cylinders. Yes, they're missing P.J. Tucker, but pretty much the entire roster's back. And I think you talked to all the guys, talked to Kyle Lowry last night. Like, he's like, yeah, we're running it back, but we're trying to figure it out. Like, everything feels different. Like, Tyler Hero is in the starting lineup. Um, Caleb is a starter, and he brings something different to that group. Bam is trying to be more aggressive. Like, all that changes kind of the way that he plays a little right. bit. Um, and Kyle Lowry, like, he, I'm not giving him an excuse, but his usage rate, last time it was this low, was his rookie year in Memphis. Like he's been having to play off the ball so much mm-hmm. with the lineups he's throwing out there that I don't know if it's maximizing his skill set. He's trying to figure it out. Um, but you can just tell when you watch the game, like Kyle Lowry barely has the ball and he's the point guard. So, um, yeah, they have. And he's not shooting the three well enough right now to be. To be a force. I think we, that when yeah. they, when they, uh, traded for him a couple years ago. We thought that was a nice little perk they had was that he was right. a historically great three point shooter. Um, historically a great three point shooter. I don't want to say he's yeah. a historically great three point shooter, but um, and we saw that early last year. And again, just like since the injuries and and the per- whatever the personal issues were that kept him away from the court, it's been and it's just kind of like felt like he's just struggled to recapture what what we saw early on. And yeah. again, and, and- it's, it's, the team changed a lot in that time, as you noted which is probably creating some some challenges. Yeah, different roles. I think guys have the same guys, but different roles for a lot of the key guys because of the new kind of lineups, new rotation um, that's that's forced some guys to adjust. And, and Kyle Lowry, like we've seen it when he was in Toronto, right? Like he'll have these games where he scores four points on yeah. two of 12 shooting and one of eight shooting on threes. Like he's always, he's a guy that's going to have those games once in a while. Um, but it's just unfortunate for him in the heat that he's had in the first four games, two of them have been that kind of game for him. Yeah. Well, the, and we should say, you know, as I kind of hinted at at the top, the Heat did not have a lot of strife last year until no. um, yeah. the Jimmy Butler-Spo altercation, I guess is what we'll call it. Um, and I think one of the most impressive things about that Heat season was that they totally regrouped from that. I think a lot of people like national media types kind of wrote them off when that happened. Because it was in the middle, you know, they were kind of fault. They they had their worst losing streak of the year at that point, and then that happened, and they just cut, totally brushed it off and made the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so you know, the the one thing you don't question about this team is that like they can regroup from a slow start. I mean, we saw last year at the Celtics were below 500 at the uh, um, right. midway mark of the season. Now, obviously, that's that doesn't happen every year, but like it you know we're we're four games in five by the time you guys listen to this there might be two and three by the time you guys listen to this and i think people will feel a lot better um but it's the they they've earned the benefit of the doubt this group i think yeah they built some equity and yeah last season was totally different they started six and one right you know like there was and then they even when ha- COVID happened and they were rotating yeah. guys that we never heard of they still cruised they still found a way to win, and they had built enough cushion to like really survive those stretches. That's the, I think the concern, right? Like again, like you don't know how many time, how many games this year you're gonna have all five stars available, and for you to waste four home games right. while you're relatively healthy. Had, there was like a really long. That's not good. Last year, what was it like from like 
It was probably when did Bam get hurt? It was kind of close to this. It was like beginning of November, I think. Beginning of November was not far. And Jimmy hurt his tailbone. And yeah, then they didn't. They didn't have the five starters together. I think for like a couple months. Two months, three three months. months. Yeah. Like you just don't know when that stretch is going to happen, and you got to make the most of the games you do have those guys available. And through the first four, they obviously have not. So to me, that's concerning. Even though it's only a five-game, you know, a four-game stretch. Um, but you just, you just really, and especially in the competitive beats like this, you can't afford to waste those little stretches in the year. Uh, one other, you mentioned the stat that this team, you know, Bam, Bam's kind of expectations are high for Bam, right? He, he, he catches some, some flat. Yeah. Deservedly so he's a max player, even um, though like, yeah, definitely yeah. the numbers though, that you mentioned with the heat, the on off numbers, what, what do you make of those? I, I think it. I think, A, obviously they're better team with Bam on the court, even though offensively he has not been great this year. Like, just defensively, like, their defense is a lot better when he's anchoring it. Um, and, B, I think the bench, like, they really haven't found, like we talked about, like, mm-hmm. they really haven't found lineups that work yet with that unit. So um, they need to, obviously, sooner rather than later. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a combination of those two things. And then also, like, yeah, I mean, like, Deadman hasn't been as good as he was last year. Like, that's just plain and simple. I mean, he's just hasn't, he's had a shaky start to the year um, defensively. The, the Heat defensively, like, the biggest, like, difference with Bam on the court and off the court, when look at the, like, deep breath of numbers, is defense. They're allowing, like, 130 points per 100 possessions without Bam on the floor. Like, that's just, that's, that's obviously terrible. Um, so, I think it's you shouldn't blame like just Devin for it because right he just is the backup center, but he's been the one on the court when Bam hasn't been, so he is part of the reason why they've struggled yeah. during those stretches. It, it's the opportunity now for Yurk probably right in the way we yeah have and, in the last and, couple. I, and, and I don't know we thought how, he was maybe going to be the backup center last year and never materialized. Yeah. And you're I mean obviously people will listen to this after that Portland game, but Yurk is on this trip on the West Coast, right. so that's a good sign that he's at least close. Victor is not on the trip. So you would right. think he's going to miss these next three games at least. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what issue, uh, you know, how many of the, you know, the issues that we were seeing with Alabama on the court, how many does, like, what does your seven solve? You know, defensively, that's well, kind he of flips the it, right? with him. You get more offense. Yeah, more yeah. offense. Yeah. 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 So we'll see. I mean, yeah, that, this could be your seven's opportunity if he's able to, you know, play and is healthy. He might give him a look because they're just searching for anything that could work right now off the bench. All right, what do we want to wrap up with? Mm. You look at the ESPN future power rankings? No. Heat seventh? Future? Like, what in what sense? Future? I don't know. They do like, they use some, like, formula. How are the next three seasons? Oh. Um, what else do we miss? I haven't really missed anything. Like, I know. I feel, we can pretty close, I feel like we can close out pretty quickly. Um, yeah. That's, I'm just thinking one topic yeah. and then finish. Um, like, do we think that maybe they, there'll be a change to the rotation or like yoga? Oh, or yeah. Something? Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Really quickly. I mean, there's not much to say there, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Two. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So the, the big kind of uh, underlying topic that the, the undergirded everything we've talked about here is is the difference of the the different looking rotation. And obviously, like you mm-hmm. said, when they lost PJ Tucker, it was going to have to change in some capacity. Um, obviously that meant Caleb goes, someone has to go in. Caleb was the guy, the bigger change that they made was, was Tyler hero uh, going into the starting lineup. Um, we mentioned obviously Yurt coming back soon. Um, Victor old depot, who knows, but doesn't sound like it's going to be like, a half the season injury, but uh, you never know. He's obviously a guy who has a long injury history at this point. Uh, we saw Jamal Kane uh, active last night for the first time. Um, what, obviously, like we said, they've, they're tinkering with the rotations and the lineups. Is there anything that, I don't know, do you, do you think there could be a, a change coming at some point? And how, I don't know, would, like, would they ever at some point, if this gets to, like we said, one in six or something, um, Tyler Hero back to the bench. Would that be a possibility? What, what are your kind of thoughts on, on what Spo might be thinking and, and when you have to make a change? Because, again, we're only four games in. We don't want yeah. to over too much. Yeah, it's there. early. It's early. But, yeah, I, I, I don't – at this point, man, I know they did this a few years ago with Tyler Hero where he started a, the season as a starter and then they moved him back to mm-hmm. a bench role. I don't know if he could do that again in his fourth NBA season after he's pushed so hard to be a starter. Yeah. Like, what message are you – I know that team success is the bigger, you know, most important thing overall, but what message are you sending the guy? After you just sent him to an extent, a huge extension, and you're sending him back to the bench, you know, um, and I don't think he's really been the issue of like for this for the, for this team. Like he's played fairly well offensively. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to say him, but yeah, no, I I I, I don't see that one. But, but I think like I, I think Omar Yurt seven, like that's a realistic possibility. Like giving him some minutes to see what what he can do off the bench. Um, Jamal Kane, I just. He played really well in the preseason, and I'm sure there'll be spots for him during the year, but I just don't ever see him being a consistent contributor this season, at least. Um, Nikolajovic, I know there was some question about him maybe getting some playing time in the rotation because he was so impressive in the preseason. But as you could see, like the coaching staff still obviously feels like he needs time to develop, you know, grow into his body be able to defend at the NBA level. Like they obviously don't feel like super comfortable with him right now. Cause if not, he would have played. I mean, God knows they need, they, they're, they're looking for something that works off the bench. So the fact that he hasn't played is, I guess in that sense, like says something. Um, so I, I don't really expect big changes. I, I think of anything, it's Omar Yurt seven uh, when he's healthy, that he'll get some time to see if he could, he could, you know, help the heat survive those minutes without bam on the court. And then when Victor comes back, like, I mean, that was like a big one, right? Like he was supposed to be like a swing player for the Heat this year, like a healthy Victor Oladipo in a yeah. six-man role, anchoring the bench unit, playing as like the Tyler Hero of this year's team. And he hasn't been available. I remember, did I pick him to win six-man of the year? I don't remember if that was my bold prediction. I don't think you picked him, but you said like you were, tempted, you were thinking about it. I was looking at the odds. We put, we definitely pulled yeah. up the odds. Yeah, you were thinking about it. And like that's just not – I mean – not having Victor available and like his uncertain future because of you know this latest knee issue, like yeah, that's 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 one of the most the concerning things right now. Uh, it's not the other knee, same, yeah. With the other knee, but Eric Spolstra didn't mention like 
it's probably due to some overcompensation over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Because he had been playing for so long on the knee right. without it being right before he had the second surgery, you know? Uh, and even last year, like, I'm sure it wasn't as strong as he needed it to be while he was playing and tearing that playoff run. Like, some of it seems to be from overcompensation. So, it is concerning. And, and yeah, if you want me to pick one of the most concerning things from this team, like, along with the offense, I would say Victor Oladipo because he was going to be yeah. an important part of this team's success. And he hasn't been available yet. It looks like he's going to miss the road trip. So, he'll miss the first seven games at least this, of the season. And we really don't know when he'll be back. Um, and without him, they're lacking, like, that score facilitator guy who can anchor a bench unit. And I think that's part of the reason why the heat have really not been good without their starters in the court. Uh, last one. Can Caleb Martin moonlight as an outside linebacker for the Miami hurricanes? <laughs> he got some eligibility some left. He could teach them some form. I think. Yeah. yeah. I know they got to bring him in for a cl- You know, like sometimes like they'll be bringing like baseball players to teach quarterbacks how to slide. Slide, I remember yeah. that was a big thing with RG3. Uh, like they had to bring in like a national to like teach him how to slide. Um, they got to do the Kane's going to do that with Caleb. Yeah, no, that was uh, I was like, I know everyone gets like in the heat of the moment in competition, like that stuff happens. Um, but to see Caleb like afterward, like talking to him about the whole thing, he felt so bad about it, like so bad. Like you could just tell, even like watching the whole thing back. He tackles Coloco into the seats and everyone comes rushing over and you see Caleb under the pile, like looking around, like, what did I just do with his hands up like this? <laughs> like just realizing like, a moment it. of rage. Yeah. Like he just, he like didn't know he was a rookie. He really didn't know much about him. It wasn't like anything that guy did. It was just like a culmination of like getting elbowed in the head, like a few times during the game. And then that guy, like, I guess swiped at his back while he was falling down and it just like set yeah. Caleb over the edge. But he felt so bad about it. So it wasn't the biggest thing in the world. Like, obviously, he didn't commit a crime. But, like, he really was remorseful about the whole thing, um, which was, you know, cool to see. You know, obviously, he he held up, he owned up for his action and took accountability. Yeah. And Jovic gets his first NBA suspension oh, yeah. out of the way. Or- Without ever playing a minute. I wonder if that's ever happened before. Like, has that ever happened? The guy gets suspended before he plays an NBA minute? Before he plays an NBA second. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like a good question for, for our friend Tim Reynolds to figure out for us. I tried to figure it out. I couldn't find anybody, but I just couldn't. I like, I got bored. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to continue this search. Yeah. Can you search that on, <laughs> on Stathead? Like, was there a, a thing you had to, a, a combination of uh, inputs you could use or? You kind of, I had to go kind of like player by player, but like different, all the ejections from each year. And I went like a couple uh, years and I was just like, that's, I just can't, it's gonna take like, I don't have time for this. I have, I have a two month old at home. I just can't, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, let's get, but, uh, let's get Elias, uh, the Elias guys on this for us. But I, it has to be very rare, obviously. That's I it. would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, 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 and by like, the way, actually, I wonder like maybe some guys have gotten like PED suspensions or whatever, right. Before they yeah. like ever play the game. I bet that's probably True. happened like substance, like, I don't know, or like, you know, like a domestic abuse or something, right? right. Like, you know, like a, an off-the-court reason, but right. for an on-the-court action, I, I can't imagine it's happened very often. Yeah, and and I spoke to Jovic about it, too, and he was kind of funny. He was, you know, 19-year-old, like, ser- serving, coming from Europe. He just got to bring on the bench. Is that what the, was that what the ejection no, like, was? Yeah, like, he just, like, got, it was, it happened right in front of the Heat's bench. Right, exactly. And That's he, why I was surprised. He, just, he didn't, like, enter. He was just trying to, like, pull people off. 
Like he, he didn't even try. Like he was trying to, but he didn't even get to that because like coaches pulled him away as quickly as possible. But I spoke to him. He's like, yeah, I really didn't know the rule. Like I didn't know. Like I was just. He's like, I was just trying to help my friend, which is funny. I, <laughs> I was just trying to help my friend. It happened right in front of me. Like that was my instinct. Like I was just trying to get people off of him. Um, but now that won't happen again because now I know the rule, you know. So yeah, there you go. He obviously didn't like he. It was like he got into the fight and like started punching guys. Like he was just like right. He just yeah, got no, up I know. That's why I was, I was surprised when I saw he was suspended. I figured it was yeah. like the you can't come off the bench rule. That, yeah, I, pretty I, much. Yeah. yeah. So, pretty much. Um, that's a well. What a welcome to the NBA moment for Nikola Jovic without ever playing a second. Incredible, incredible. And he he got. I mean, he it was suspension without pay, so he lost a, a game check, which yeah, thanks for him. All right, uh, let's finish things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, he's not on this uh, heat road trip, but obviously we'll be paying attention uh, to what goes on out on the West Coast. I'm excited to I'm watch. I'm not going to watch any of these games. I'm not going to watch any of these games. I'm off. You actually might not, right? You got a, <laughs> you got a two-month-old. That's true. They're late-night well, games. I'll watch them the next morning when I wake up. Okay. Right, or or when you get woken up at uh, yeah, 3 1 a.m. and you catch yeah. the last five minutes. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think about that. <laughs> These games are really late for me right now with everything going on. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if I, if I can watch them. Uh, then we can, Heat Warriors will be fun. Yeah. It's just here. it's just like I feel like the Heat every year play the Warriors in, in San Francisco on the second out of a back-to-back, it feels like. Yeah. It's I feel the like same thing this last time. Last year, was it right after Two the – years ago. Was it – was last year – was it like right after the Jokic game last year? I feel like they were on a back-to-back that night, but I don't remember if they went to Golden State. The Jokic-Morris? No. The, after the Jokic-Morris, they went to L.A. And it was a back-to-back in L.A. Oh, and but, it was back-to-back in L.A. Yeah. Right. But last year, there was a second ever back-to-back in Golden State, I think after Portland. So same thing as this year. And the year before, I think it was a back-to-back. I think you covered – the listeners don't care about this, but I think you covered the Heat Warriors game off TV. Remotely during the back-to-back. Year. Two years, yeah, two years ago, they like had just played Portland, I think again as well, or I don't know, but yeah, I think you covered like two years ago. It just uh-huh. feels like every year they play Golden State on a second ever back to back, and it's like almost a scheduled loss. And it happens again this year. I just want to see these two teams play each other like on even, you know, even ground and see them face off. But um, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson too. Um, I'm out of town this weekend, which is good because it means I don't have to watch. Uh, the Hurricanes, which is my <laughs> usual Saturday beat at the Herald. Um, pretty dark right there right now. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that right now at this moment. That's not a fun topic for me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that. That's been. It's been. I, I. You know, obviously, I didn't know. I knew they were going. They weren't going to win a national championship this season, but like, totally disappointing how they started this year. Like to lose Middle yeah. Tennessee State, lose to Duke in the fashion they did. They have more talent than this, so yes. it is. I was also fortunate to not be at the Duke game because I was down at uh, at Homestead for the NASCAR race that. with Udonis Haslam. I saw okay, that. You're just, showed up as, you're just, you're just was, finding ways to get, to avoid the hurricane game. I know. Like, NASCAR I weddings. Haslam, <laughs> yeah, I was surprised Haslam had never been down to the track. Really? Considering, yeah, he said it was his first time. Wow. That's, I mean, it's, usually it's, the race is during NBA season, right. so obviously the schedule has to sync up right. But still a little surprised for, like, a Miami guy right? Um, to never make it down there. Um, but he was, he was pretty entertaining. Talked about Talladega Nights. Um, That's cool. Yeah. UD's the best. He's always entertaining. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. going to miss him next year when he's not on the team. Well, he'll be around, I'm sure. Yeah. Gracing <laughs> us with his presence. 
Yeah. And, and with his hope of becoming an owner. So we'll see if that happens. Right, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.